Welcome back to the Dimers Basketball Podcast. I'm Caleb and that is my good friend Amir. And today we're going to go ahead and give our 2020-2021 NBA predictions. Amir, is there anything you'd like to add on to this? Yes, sir, Caleb. I don't know why we're talking like this, but I guess this is how we're going to talk this episode. So, okay, I'm done. This is our NBA predictions 2020-21 episode. So, Again, we're just here to discuss some of the basic awards that are going to go out at the end of the year. We're going to go over opening night. We're going to have some questions. We're going to have our predictions for opening night. So if you're watching this, get ready for some basketball. NBA season is back. How you feeling, Caleb? Let's go. I'm freaking juiced, man. Basketball is back. Now, dude, why are you juiced? You should not be on steroids. We're doing a podcast. Dude, the freaking excitement just coursing through my veins. Listen, we're Raiders fans. Basketball is our escape. Well, you're a Kings fan, so it doesn't get much better for you. But for me, a Celtics fan, life does get a whole lot better. And I cannot wait to watch the Celtics on Wednesday night versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Wait, the Milwaukee Bucks aren't playing on opening night? They're playing on Wednesday against the Celtics. Okay, so you're talking about the Celtics. We're talking about opening night. We're not there yet. Tonight, we got some good games coming up. Probably the two best games, two best matchups that we'll have all year. And we'll get to that in just about a second. But first, let's start off with our 2020-21 NBA Award Show predictions. Caleb Miller, first up, let's start off with Rookie of the Year. Now, a lot of you might already know where we're going to go on this, but... We want to cover it anyways, and hey, you might be surprised by one of our answers. You might not be. Caleb, first up, Rookie of the Year, who you got here? I actually have Tyrese Halliburton. I think he's – no, I'm playing. Who did you put? I need to know who you put. Okay, I'll start off first. I went with our guy, your guy initially. You let me know about him a little bit in the beginning, and I started really getting into him, and I became a believer, and you made me a believer. And now I'm a believer in the one and only, the best ball brother, LaMelo Ball. I think LaMelo has the chance to really, really have a good year this year. Again, preseason, got to justify it every single time because we got bozos in here. Yes, it's preseason, but he's already looked really good. First game, he didn't score much. I don't know if he – did he score at all in his first preseason game? No, he did not. And he looked really good out there. And then – the last few games, he looked a lot better. His shooting looked better. His offensive game looked better. Those dimes were just, wow. Like, he got a little Jay Will to his style. I really like his game. I think he's exciting. Being in Charlotte, he'll get a lot of more minutes. And, yeah, I mean, I think he'll have the best opportunity. There's a lot of other guys that I could see in that position. You brought up Tyrese Halliburton. I don't think Tyrese is that guy that screams stats, so he's not going to be a guy that's in that conversation necessarily because we know voters only look at stats. Yeah. Uh, another guy that I'm looking at is James Wiseman. I think Wiseman is going to be a runner up there. I think he's going to get a lot of burn with Golden State this year. Kevon Looney's been hurt. The Warriors have had a lot of trouble in that big man position, and they really want to develop him. But I'm going to go with LaMelo. I think LaMelo mm-hmm. will have a big, big year this year. LaMelo Ball, Rookie of the Year. Caleb Miller, who did you put here? You know, it's interesting that you brought up James Wiseman and how they want to develop him. Did you see that that uh, quote he put out there where he likes getting yelled at by Draymond Green because he feels like he's really learning stuff? I think that's the right attitude to have going into it because 
Draymond's kind of like that player. You, he's really fiery, and you don't know how young guys are going to take to it. But it seems like James Wiseman's really enjoying it. But that being said, I do not have James Wiseman as my rookie of the year pick. I have. Oh, Lamello you said Ball. all that just to gas him up and then not even give him the award. I'm sorry. I have Lamelo Ball. I think now I mentioned before the guards struggle early on, right? But like you look at Lamelo, he's not really struggling. Like he's really creating a lot for his teammates. Like he's throwing passes out there. Like that one-handed whip pass across the, like the length of the court to Malik Monk. Like that pass is sick, man. Like he has so many of those. He's gonna turn Cody Zeller into like a maybe an eleven and seven type player. And he's gonna nah, but seriously though. I really do feel like LaMelo is that type of player where he's going to get a lot of guys paid because he's going to boost their stats. Like, he might pass Miles Bridges into, I don't know, 15 points per game one year or something. It, it's going to be something like that. And I like LaMelo Ball. I, I really think he can win Rookie of the Year. We'll have to see, though. That, that's my pick, though, heading into next year. I could see LaMelo winning it. And there's going to be some other guys in that list. Again, we talked about James Wiseman. Um, there, there's some other nice rookies in there. Ijiko Koros looked really good in Cleveland. What but about again, Anthony Edwards? Anthony Edwards has looked good. I'm not – In my game, first. he's gotten better, and his defense has actually came to play. We mentioned it before that on the podcast that his def- – he really wanted to work on his defense. He has, and it, you can tell that there's a difference on that side of the ball. For sure, but I will warn you, it is only preseason, so I don't want to get a little ahead of myself. I know, I know. Carson Edwards putting up 30 last year in preseason. God, we thought we had ourselves the next Isaiah Thomas. (laughs) Going back to LaMelo real quick, and I want to finish it off with this. What kind of separates him to me from even Lonzo is his confidence. Do you remember Lonzo's first NBA game? He got embarrassed by Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly was sunning him, and that – Again, we talk about little things that I look for. I look for very little things in the game of basketball, especially as a coach. I look for the intricate details, mm-hmm. and an intricate detail is the first game of the season. I get it. No one, your first game of the season is not going to say what your whole career is going to be. Guy coming out of the draft, he's number two pick, going to the Lakers. His dad was pushing for the Lakers. Guess what happens? They get there. He doesn't live up to the hype. First game of the season, he cannot handle the pressure. So, for that reason... LaMelo, completely different. He looks ready. I think he'll have a really good season from the beginning. I'm excited to watch him this year, and we'll see if we're right on this one. Next up, let's go to our most improved player of the year, Caleb. Who did you put here? I want you to go first on this one since I went first on the last one, and then I'll go first on the next one. I actually think it'll be... Michael Porter Jr. I think now granted I'm not the biggest fan of him but yes give it we swayed you we swayed him guys guys we finally swayed him he was the leader of the Michael Porter Jr. hate club right he he was the he was the one with torches going out to Denver saying nah send him back he didn't have torches what the Caleb's an anti-vaxxer like Michael Porter Jr. no I am not do not do not put that out there I am not but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Talk kidding. Me into liking him just a little bit, just enough to give him this award over a guy like Reggie Jackson. No, I'm kidding. We actually before we before we gave our list out to each other, we went over the uh, the oldest players to win the most improved player award. The oldest player is Daryl Armstrong, and he was 30 years old, and he won most improved player. Now I get most improved player 
you could be any age really and be improved. But funny that, you know, older guys can win that award. But I have Michael Porter Jr. He can score, can't really defend, but I feel like I feel like if you put up enough points and you make a huge leap from year to year, I feel like you could get it. Like think about Devontae Graham. He can't he can't defend a traffic cone. But he scored all he scored all those points at that huge jump, but he came in what third in most improved player voting last year. He's gonna get looks. I would say that Michael Porter Jr., given the fact that Denver is going to be a high seed in the West, he can probably win it. That'd be my pick. I like that pick. That was my pick as well. Michael Porter Jr., this one was easy for me. And Caleb knows about this one because I really like Michael Porter Jr. I think he has all the potential in the world to be a star in this league. Again, a guy that is a small forward that can play the four, that has the length, has the size, has the athleticism. He has the entire package of shooting, ball handling, everything that you want from a guy at that position that's a project quote player. And Michael Virginia is not a project player and, oh, he has a lot of ways to go. It's just more of, well, this is a guy that you don't expect to be healthy. This is a guy you expect to probably get no run in the NBA because he's had so many injuries in the past. But Denver has done a hell of a job to really – kind of get him into the offense you know they've done a good job of, of getting him involved and being that third guy I think he'll be that third guy this year and yeah I, I could see it I mean there's some other guys his teammate is actually the favorite Caleb did you know that Jamal Murray is the favorite now I want to talk about this Jamal Murray can you see him winning most improved no I can't it's really hard for guys that are already like putting up big numbers to win most improved like you'd have to have a leap from like borderline all-star to like all-star starter slash MVP conversations to be able to win that. I don't think he can, but I think Michael Porter Jr. easily could. But even if Jamal Murray is an all-star, right? Like he hasn't made the all-star team yet. Even if he's an all-star, I look at it like the voters, again, they look at what? They look at improvement clearly for this award because it's most improved, but they look at drastic improvement. They're not going to look at something small. And in Orlando, in the bubble, Jamal Murray was dominating. That's what people are going to be expecting. Like, to me, it's like, how do you have a guy that's the favorite as Jamal Murray when he absolutely dominated in the bubble? And now, to me, if Jamal Murray plays any bit poorly this season, that's going to be a detriment to him because people are going to be like, well, what happened to the bubble? That's the new bar. The bar is what he did in the bubble, and that was an anomaly. That's something that Mm -hmm. maybe he can do, but I feel like it's a little bit extreme. Yeah. People were saying that his that his one layup was better than Jordan's. I was like, okay, just relax a little bit. Let's go to the list of most improved odds from Vegas. Tied with Jamal Murray is Shea Gilgis Alexander. You think he has a chance, yes or no? They're only saying that because Chris Paul is gone and they have no one else on that team. So he's going to have to put up numbers. He probably will put up numbers, but again, they're not going to win very much. And I know that most improved player really has nothing to do with wins, but I don't know. I feel like voters will realize that that's a lot of empty stats. No offense, because I like Shea Gilders-Alexander, but I feel like it'll be a lot of empty stats there with him. No offense to James Harden. Oh, my gosh. I, I, don't, th- I don't think Shea can win it, though. How about you? I'm going to quickly agree with that. Yeah, I, there's no way he can win it, especially on a bad, bad team. Like, again, somebody has to score, right? Uh, you're on a team where it's like, well, somebody has to score. So it's not going to be looked at that highly. Another guy, just like Jamal Murray, Mr. Bubble, the star of the bubble, Tyler Hero. No, I am very adamant against second-year players winning most improved player. To me, it's stupid. 
And let's be real here. Tyler Hero, he had two good – he had the Buck series and then the Celtics series. And the finals, he was horrifically bad in. And even in, like, the play-in game type thing, he wasn't playing that good in, like, the four regular season last games. I don't know. He had, like, a, a good stretch of games. But you can't, you can't say that a player deserves, M, like, to be in that conversation. I don't think so. Um, he really wasn't lighting the world on fire in preseason. Yes, we know it's preseason, but it's, I don't know. I, I don't think that he's really as good as that bubble was for him. I agree. I mean, we talked about it just with Jamal Murray. I look at it like this. Can Tyler Hero have more growth than he did in the bubble? And yeah, he can. He's still super young. I'm not saying that, oh, this is the end of Tyler Hero. This is the most you're going to see from him. I'm saying that his value is as high as it's going to get for at least the next few years. I would, I would guess, I mean, maybe I'm wrong on that and we'll see this year if we're both wrong on this, but I don't see Tyler here having much more of a jump than he had in the bubble. And he could still have a jump throughout his career, but this season going from what he brought to the bubble is it going to show the voters? Yeah, Tyler Hero had a great jump. Because, again, how many people are looking at last season as last season? They're looking at last season as that little small sample size of the bubble. Most voters are going to look at that. And they're going to look, oh, Tyler Hero, you played really good in the bubble. You're playing really good right now. That's not anything to get an award for. You played really good in the bubble. You're not playing good right now. You're definitely not getting most improved. So, to me, there's no chance he wins that. This one's interesting. Last one, DeAndre Ayton. Maybe. It depends on how much they really utilize him because they might go with like a a backcourt 2000 type vibe where they really just let the two guards do everything. But Aiton, if they utilize him correctly, I think he could get in the conversation. But again, I don't think I don't think I'd put him over Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, I see your point there. I'm going to agree with you on the same thing. I can actually see him having a legit chance at getting this award, but it's just hard for me to see him winning it over a guy like Michael Porter Jr. And we don't know with Aiden, like you said, that's now a guard driven team and Aiden could easily fit in well, but at the same time, we just don't know. Chris Paul, it's, it's a major toss up, right? Like with Chris Paul, that could be the reason DeAndre Aiden has a hell of a year. Chris Paul can be, giving him that contract he could be helping him get a massive extension this year but at the same time Chris Paul could also be the reason why hey DeAndre Ayton didn't get the max so we'll find out next up let's go to defensive player of the year now this one it's not as controversial as we all might think but I, I think one of us might have an interesting answer you want me to go first on this yeah you go ahead and go first Okay, I'm going to go with my favorite player, Rudy Gobert. No, I'm kidding. He's a scrub. I'm going with the one, the only, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think he's going to win it again next year. The runner-ups to me are just not at the level of Giannis. I look at guys like Draymond, and I think Draymond is an elite defender. But again, when you look at it from the aspect of Draymond is going to be the guy that's guarding the best bigs, Wiseman is going to be getting dogged out there because why he's a rookie and he's getting no summer league experience, no time to spend with trainers and coaching staff and the stuff that normal rookies get. He's just being thrown out to the fire. Draymond's not going to have as good of a year because I think he's going to have a lot more pressure on his plate. 
Another guy I could see maybe Drew Holiday. They don't give it to guards. I'm going Giannis. I think this one's easy. Caleb, who did you put here? I put, and I know this is going to get me laughed at, and I know I'm wrong. I know I'm going to be wrong because guards do not win this this award, just like Amir mentioned. But, darn it, I'm going to put Marcus Smart. Okay, now listen. I knew it. Here comes the god dang bias. There has not been a guard win the Defensive Player of the Year award since Gary Payton in 1995, okay? Very long time ago. Now listen, bigs, for some reason, keep getting this award given to them, but it's like they can't – like guys like Rudy Gobert, we, how many times has he won it? Three times? Two times already? He can't really guard guards. Like I like to have a guy who's versatile out there. So I'm going to say Marcus Smart guarding one through four. Sometimes he gets switched on fives and hold his own, but he's not going to lock anybody down. But one through four, I like Marcus Smart, and I'm going to say that he that he's my pick to win because I don't care if I'm wrong on this. But yeah, we know I, you're wrong. Gun to my head, I had to pick somebody to win it next year. It's I'm going to go ahead and pick Giannis, yes. Because Giannis, I just mentioned versatility, right? Now, yeah. he can't completely shut down guards, but he can guard one through five, and I feel comfortable if he had to do it. And I would say that he should win it. I think the days of Biggs getting it like Anthony Davis, like a lot of Laker fans were really upset Anthony Davis didn't get it last year. But here's the thing with that. I don't think Anthony Davis has the versatility that Giannis does. And I think I think, and I hope that voters are starting to look more towards that versatility standpoint instead of just how dominant they are guarding two positions, like a Rudy Gobert. Or, you know what I mean? Because what's better, having a guy guard one through five at an A-minus level or a guy that guards – the four and the five at an A plus level, but he can't guard one through three. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versatility is so important. And I'm so happy that I think that I think the voters are starting to look at that stuff. Well, if that's the case, then Willie Cauley Stein should be getting one because we drafted him because they said he could guard one through five. They lied big time, big time. They lied. Well, the voters also lied because they had some interesting votes. Obviously we knew Giannis won it. Anthony Davis finished in a close second. Third was your guy, Rudy Gobert, the guy that just got $205 million for not being able to guard any position besides the center. Ben Simmons got 32 votes. He finished in fourth. That's an interesting one this year. I think Ben is going to have a good year on the defensive end, but I don't know if he'll get the respect. See, that's the thing. I feel like for some reason with Ben Simmons, there's such a big thing about, well, he can't shoot threes. They, they talk more about what he can't do, and they don't really talk about how good he is on the defensive side, how good he is as a, as a playmaker. Like, people, for some reason, don't look at what he's great at. And there's so much he's great at, but he just doesn't get respected enough. So that's why I didn't mention him, really, because I just don't think he'll get respected enough. Well, another guy that we didn't mention that might not get respected enough, but I think is a sleeper, is Bam Adebayo. I think Bam might have a really, really good year on the defensive end. Miami might be a much better defensive team. Like we talked about it, getting Avery Bradley, another good defender. You're replacing one of the white guys on defense. That helps. Bam, again, a guy you want. We saw what he did in the bubble. One of the best defensive bigs right now, and he's still super young. He finished fifth last year. I could see him finishing much higher than fifth, probably around second or third this year. Mm -hmm. He's versatile, just like I mentioned. He, I mean, like, he's not going to lock down guards, but he can he can guard in space and hold his own. You know what I mean? But, like, Rudy Gobert can't. He gets blown by constant. Remember the one play with Stephen Curry where he just dribbled and made Rudy Gobert look like an idiot? Oh, he yeah. He just kept dancing around in circles. 
They did the, just, the video of Rudy going in circles, and they made a bunch yeah. of videos of him doing going in circles all around the world. Yeah, it's. I just don't like Rudy Gobert when it comes to defensive player of the year. He's a good defensive center, but he cannot. He doesn't have versatility, and that is my main thing whenever I look at defensive player of the year versatility you know what i mean like you need well you might be looking at that but clearly our voters are not the last ones were andre drummond and Kawhi leonard they tied for seventh andre drummond is not getting (laughs) they had a total of five votes then that was just in front of patrick beverly tied with guess who your guy marcus smart so if you think marcus smart is winning in uh defense like i said i know i'm wrong i'm i'm gonna be wrong but i'm happy with it now, listen, I want to bring up Andre Drummond because I want to talk about how stats screw everything over, okay? At one point last year, I think it was maybe late December. No, it would have been, it would have been mid, mid-January. He was on pace to average two blocks and two steals a game, okay? That would have been the first time a player did that since, like, 1993 or something. You would think, based off those stats, he's a great defender, right? But he's not. And I don't know why Cleveland is hyping him up because Cleveland said, didn't J.B. Bickerstaff say that he plans on having Andre Drummond being the defensive player of the year talks? That yeah. will not happen. I'm sorry. And when it comes to Kawhi, I mentioned this in the Celtics chat earlier, and I know Abe got very upset. Kawhi has not been the same defensive player that he was in 2017-18. Now listen, Weekly he's running Kawhi on name shot. value. Still a good defensive player, but I agree with him being that low, but he, sh- he shouldn't be around Drummond's area. He should probably be above Drummond. I don't think Drummond should be on this list anywhere, to be honest with you. Well, to finish off that list, we have Brooke Lopez with four votes. The last one was Jared Allen with one vote. And right in the middle of that was, can you guess who? Oh, King's new center, Hassan Whiteside. Did he lead the league in blocks last year? If anyone legitimately thinks Hassan Whiteside's a good defender, I want them drug tested. I want those three guys who voted for Hassan Whiteside drug tested, and I want their names to be put out publicly. Because how do you watch NBA basketball and see all of the players and be like, yeah, yeah, I like that Hassan guy. I think he's, the, I think he's probably the best defender by far. He, he did lead the league in blocks last year, but that goes back to what I was mentioning with Drummond, how stats are so deceiving on that. And like defensive stats, like the base defensive stats, like steals and blocks, it is so deceiving to like, like casual fans and stuff because the advanced numbers say that Hassan Whiteside is what bottom 15 defensively amongst bigs. Like they get like actual minutes. Not you don't even, okay. Get all that nerd stuff out of there. Go be a normal human being. Turn on the game. Watch this on Whiteside. If you legitimately think he's a good defender, don't turn off the game. I'm telling you, the don't people, watch basketball again. The people that think he's a good one, a, a good center, good defensive center, they only look at box scores. There's no way they actually watch him play and come away with the conclusion that, yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good defensively. Well, we won't be making that vote. So hopefully. <laughs> Hassan doesn't get a vote this year. I mean, hey, if he gets a vote, that's good because he's on the Kings now. So, hey, and you know who I'm going for this year. Let's go, Hassan. Dude, he's going to get a vote. Like, what, Drummond got two last year or something. Like, he's going to get one vote at least. We'll go back to this a little bit later, but that's why I think media votes should be publicized because you should get absolutely embarrassed. And Mm -hmm. if you consistently start making bad votes, you should lose your privilege. We'll get to that later. Next up, let's go to... Coach of the year. Ooh, 
I'm excited for this one because I have no clue. We have no clue what either of us put, right? Because the past few weeks, Caleb and I have usually wrote like who we're going to go for and then we kind of get into it, right? But this time, we have no idea who each other's picking. So I'm really excited to see who Caleb's going to pick here. Caleb, you want to go first? Yeah, I want you to go first. You go first. Are you ready for this? Don't take my. I swear to God, if you take mine, I'm 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 done. I'm done. I'm I'm walking out. I have a funny feeling that me and Amir have the same the same coach. Is he a first year coach, Amir? Oh God damn it! I have Steve Nash. Now I'm not. I'm I'm skeptical about Brooklyn. They're gonna think we're Nets homers now. I know, but but what I've seen from the Nets in the preseason is very very scary. Like, oh great! Now they're gonna make fun of us for overanalyzing preseason. I know, but that's what we have to. That's all we have to go off of for the Brooklyn Nets. That's it. That's all we have. It's just and Kyrie's aging. Yes, which people got so upset about for no reason. But dude, he's a first year coach. So many people in the offseason said, "What a horrible signing!" Like, what a what a horrible idea to sign Steve Nash. We thought so at first, too. But you know what? We're on the bandwagon. We're rooting for Steve Nash this year. I have Steve Nash winning coach of the year. I'm all in on it. I, I want to see him win coach of the year. I want to see him shut out everybody up that said that was a bad signing, including us. Oh, I would love to get shut up. And guess what? He won't shut me up because guess what? I'm going with Steve Nash as well. Steve Nash, first-year head coach. We don't know what's going to happen this year, but – here is my reasoning for why I think Steve Nash is going to have a good year. One, let's talk about Caleb's least favorite player that he thinks is Wash, Kevin Durant. Wash, I don't, I don't hate Kevin Durant. Would you stop saying this? Kevin Durant, really good player, superstar, best small forward, question mark. One of the best in the league right now. I don't care if he's coming off an Achilles. I think KD is going to have a good year. Kyrie Irving, another guy that I think – We'll want to have a really big year. Both Kyrie and KD have a lot to prove. They've gotten a lot of hate, and I believe that this is their year, not to maybe win a championship, but to really prove haters wrong and to prove all the people that think that that team's not going to work out, they're going to prove them wrong. Now, look at that coaching staff. We have Steve Nash as the head coach, right? And who is his assistant? Mike D'Antoni, one of the top coaches around the league. Yeah, Mike D'Antoni's a terrible playoff coach. Not going to really get into that, but regular season-wise, I'm taking Mike D'Antoni over most coaches. And then you look at Jack Vaughn, a guy that really helped them out last year. They liked him last year. A lot of Brooklyn Nets fans and Nets Twitter were saying they like Jack Vaughn. I think he has a perfect staff around him, good roster, and hey, if he gets James Harden, who knows how well hey, Brooklyn can do? He also has a best friend on that coaching staff to help him out sometimes. Amari Stoudemire. Say what you want. Say he might not be a NBA cap, but you know what? It's familiar. It's it's somebody he's familiar with, and you know I think he can find comfort there with him. I really like the people that they also like. Like you said, the assistant coaches, like they put a nice staff around him, and he has two. He has two top. What you say? KD's top ten. I'll agree with that. Or would you put Kyrie top? You put him top 15. Top 15 sure. at the very least. Yeah. So he has two top 15 players at the very least. It's, I mean, I don't know, man. They, they could be really, really fun. And I'm, I'm excited to see what he does this year. I really think he could win. Who's the favorite though? Who's the betting favorite for that? Caleb, whoa, whoa, whoa wait up. Before I give you guys the coach of the year odds from Vegas, while I was talking, as soon as I gave my answer, Caleb got up because I clearly triggered him. Caleb, what do you have on for those viewers that are listening, like Abe, the only viewer that actually listens, that's not watching on YouTube right now? Go ahead. 
I have a 2012 Western Conference All-Stars Kevin Durant jersey on. Gosh darn it, would you stop telling these great people, Abe? Wow, so now you think he's washed because you're wearing a 2012 jersey. All right, whatever. Dude, I, get... I like Kevin Durant. Would you stop saying that? I like Kevin Durant. We share a birthday. We were born 929. We share it September 29th. Stop saying that I hate him. So would you share bathwater with Scarlett Johansson, yes or no? I would drink her bathwater, which is what Kevin said. Kevin Durant also says he woke up with bubble guts one night. And you know how many times it's happened to me? We share it because we share the pain. He woke up one night and he was sitting at the edge of his bed thinking about this girl. Have you ever had that moment in your life? All the time. Whoa! Guess who the coach of the year favorite is. Go, guess. I want you to give me your best guess. Is it on a team that was in the Western or Eastern Conference Finals? You need to give me a guess. Go, go. We don't got time. I need a hint. Let's play guess who. Gosh darn it. East, go. He's in the East. Okay. It's it's Budenholzer, isn't it? Actually, Mike Budenholzer, Mike Budenholzer is a plus 3,000. He is a bottom 15 coach for Thank the year. God they got off of his back, dude. They were hyping him up so much. I was scared that they still had him as a favorite. Who is it then? The favorite at plus 900 is the most overrated coach in the league, Brad Stevens. Is he really the favorite? Yeah. No way. Why? Why is he the favorite this year? He is the favorite right in front of Eric Spolstra, our favorite coach that we absolutely love. I would have guessed that it was Spolstra. That, that would have got this. Spolstra, Rivers, Vogel, Carlisle, Stan Van Gundy, Steve Kerr. Now. Where's Nick Nurse? Nick Nurse, he's a plus 2,000. So that's, that's some good odds right there, right behind Monty Williams. Why is Nick Nurse that low? Well, let's talk about some other coaches. Eric Spolstra, again, what would he have to do to get coach of the year? He'd probably have to be a one seed, right? Probably. Top two seed, top two Okay, seed. Doc Rivers, what do you think? Where would he have to be? That's tough, man. Doc Rivers, I mean, Doc Philly's problems be... are not regular season. They're playoffs. Yeah. So what would Doc have to do to win coach of the year? And especially to be third? That's weird to me. I wonder what Vegas is thinking here. Doc would probably have to be third at the very least. Like, he would have to be top three in that conference. Even third, though, is like – Yeah. That... You got to do something to separate yourself. Like, Milwaukee's going to be first, and you need to do something to separate yourself. Because if Brooklyn finishes ahead of you, Nash is going to get it. So it's for somebody to win it over Nash, in my opinion, maybe I'm giving him the runaway favorite too fast here, but they would have to finish with a better record than Brooklyn. I think we can all agree on that. How about Vogel? Plus 1,400, same odds as Doc Rivers. One seed? I mean, it, it's a regular season. You know what I mean? Like, they don't really well, do he was the one seed last year, and it's just yeah. like I don't think people – I don't, I don't think, see I, mean, I just don't think there's it. any way possible he can really win it unless they break the – Warriors record for best record ever, but I don't see that happening. So or maybe win streak. That's that's the only way is if yeah, he'd have to do something historic to to have that. I don't think he can. Carlisle's tied with him. That's an interesting one. I think if Carlisle finishes top four, top three, maybe even top even if they finish fourth, I don't think Dallas will get I don't think Carlisle gets it. Yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter, somebody that I really respect. They're uh they gave their Eastern and Western Conference predictions thing. They had Dallas second, and I, I guess a lot of people were expecting Dallas to be really high up there. Now, I know me and you aren't on the same page as that, but, like, I'm seeing it everywhere that they expect Dallas to be up there next year. And I, I don't know why they're getting that, but I don't know. I'm seeing it more and more. If they finish with a second seed, you could almost guarantee that Carlisle is going to get that. And you're probably going to be the MVP guy. 
Absolutely. That would have to take a big jump from Luca. Yeah. Let's move on to our next one, which is sixth man of the year. You want to go first? You go first. I went first with coach of the year. All right. My sixth man of the year. This one was hard, right? Because I was like, hmm, there's a lot of options. And I was even debating two guys on the same team, actually. Can you guess? Any guesses on who I'm going for here? No. I I don't want to guess. I'm going again with the same team as our coach of the year, the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm going with Spencer Dinwiddie. And here's why, all right? You don't need to get mad. Here's why. Spencer Dinwiddie, I believe he's a starting caliber type of guy, right? And you put him in a lot of teams, he's not going to be starting. But he's a guy that is a bench spark. And I believe with Brooklyn, they need guys that can score the ball. They need guys that can be playmakers. How many playmakers do they have? Katie, Kyrie, then who else? That's it, right? And their bench is good, but they don't have many playmakers. Now, even if you put Joe Harris, Joe Harris is just a shooter. Karis LeVert, he can playmake. That's another guy I was kind of debating with. I was like, maybe Karis LeVert, but I think Dinwiddie will be the guy off the bench. Karis LeVert could be eventually a starter on that team. I don't know who's going to end up really starting, but I think LeVert will probably start. Dinwiddie's my guy there. Montrez Harrell obviously won last year, but I don't see him winning again this year, be playing behind AD. Um, and yeah, that's that's really what I have right there. Caleb, what did you put? Gonna shock some people, but I was a fan of this guy. Sorry, my cat has, has decided to join us tonight for the podcast. But Stan Calypso, all right. But I was a big fan of this guy in Cleveland last year. He got traded to Utah at the trade deadline, I think, or maybe a little bit sooner. But I like Jordan Clarkson. Now, I know it's going to shock a lot of people, but he can score in bunches off the bench. And I feel like the six-man of the year award is, like, strictly scoring in bunches off the bench. So I'm going to say that my pick would be the one and only Jordan Clarkson. I, I think he could I think he could be a big spark for them off the bench. I don't know. I'm excited to see what he can be. I'm not. I don't think Jordan Clarkson has much else to really go up. I mean – yeah, he's a good player. He's a decent NBA player, a rotational player. But to me, a guy that's a sixth man is more of a guy that can get you wins. And just like a Lou Will, somebody off the bench that helps a really good team. Utah is that team, but is Jordan Clarkson that guy to me? No. I could see it going to a Brooklyn Nets. Again, this all really depends on how the Nets do. Now, if the Nets bomb out, then, hey, my predictions are going to look like butt cheeks. But if they do good, then – Hey, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to Vegas. I should have went to Vegas, I guess, because with my luck, clearly, I'm not going to bet on any of this. And every prediction I have is going to be right. And then what? I'm going to be broke and still doing this podcast with goddamn Caleb. I guess we always complain, don't we? Always complain about doing this with our friends. Tell me who the Vegas leaders are. Tell me who, like, the Vegas bets are for this. So, not a surprise here. The favorite is, guess who? Sweet, sweet Lou. And I believe that's mainly because of the fact that they lost Montrez. But I would say, hey, I'm arguing against that. Why? Because Lou Will had a really good one-two punch with Montrez Harrell. A lot of people don't know that because they don't really watch basketball. They had a great chemistry. But if you actually watch the Clippers, a lot of Lou Will's offense was 
pick and roll Montrez Harrell, pick and pop Montrez Harrell. Really, that's all it was. And besides that, it was isolation loose. So that's the favorite. Right behind them is your guy, Jordan Clarkson and Danilo Gallinari. What? Is Gallo not starting? And did I not do my Hawks homework? If they don't start him, man, they're dude. What? Listen, with how bad offensively their starting lineup is, you really need your main bench guy to be a defensive player. They're they're really, really, really in trouble if they they're not gonna have too good of a season if they don't have any defense on that team. And I'm starting to get scared that they won't have any defense in that rotation whatsoever. Right behind Gallinari is Serge Ibaka. I don't see that one either. No, because That's... again, the whole point of six man is to basically be a, a score, bring a, a spark plug off the bench. I don't think Serge can be that, but I think he's on there because people have convinced themselves that the Clippers are just a six man of the year breeding ground. I mean, yeah, offered Lou Will, Montrez won it last year. Like, I think that's why he's on there because he probably shouldn't get that award. That's not the type of player that wins that award. And Ibaka's 31. Like, I get Lou's older, but Ibaka is showing signs that he's kind of slowing down. Yeah. Lou Will hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. And Serge, I mean, we just don't know. Is he going to fit that Montrez Hale role? Maybe. But how well will he do it? That's up to how the Clippers really handle that offense. And a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie is tied with Serge Ibaka. That's my guy. And Goran Dragic. I don't know if Dragic is still going to come off the bench next year especially with that contract. But, hey, Miami, we talked about it. Heat culture. I, I know you have some things to say about heat culture, but, hey, heat culture, they, they know what they're doing out there. I could see Dragic winning it too. Dennis Schroeder, though, that's that's the other guy. I don't – these are guys that could all be starting. Schroeder, yeah. Dragic, Serge at some point could be starting. Dennis should probably be starting. I don't think they really have a, a main point guard. I know LeBron stepped in and played that role good enough last year, but, like, I don't know. I think Dennis would be better off starting. But dude, then Alex Caruso, dude, he's so good. He's dude, bald. Dude, yes, he is bald. But you can make the argument, though, that – Calypso, would you stop getting in the picture? You could make the argument, though, that Dennis is probably more impactful for them off the bench because LeBron, again, can be that main initiator as a starter. I I don't know. It's it's weird this year with six men of the year. I feel like it's it's wide open, if you know what I mean. My last one is a sleeper one. He's all the way down the list at plus 3,300. So that means if you bet $100, you can win $3,300 if, guess who, Derrick Rose wins it. I could see Derrick Rose sneaking in there. Now, with Killian Hayes there, we, we might not see much of Derrick Rose in that same position. But, hey, if D. Rose gets traded or if D. Rose gets legitimate minutes, he is a – Serious, serious six-man threat. So I would not be surprised. Hey, if you got money, go do that right now. That's a good sleeper. All right, let's move on. Next one, executive of the year. So this is pretty much the GM of the year, the guy that had the best season, the best offseason. I don't really know how they account this, but Caleb, I wanted to ask you, who did you pick for executive of the year? Tell me who you picked. This one was tough. I was thinking of a lot of guys because I was like, man, there's a lot of GMs out there that have had good off seasons and we don't know how that's going to translate till next year. But I decided to go with 
not another Brooklyn guy. I'm, I'm going to pass on that. Even though if it pans out, he will win it. But I'm going to go with the guy that got slept on last year, unfortunately, Rob Polinka. And the reason I'm going Rob is, do you remember last year's Executive of the Year Awards votes? Rob Polinka got zero. He didn't get one vote, and they won the championship. And I get that. A lot of people don't credit him for getting LeBron. That's, for eight. But, but that's my worry with the Lakers is, like, they just won the championship. So how are these guys going to do enough to convince guys to convince the voters that like, you know what I mean? They deserve the awards now. Like same with Frank Vogel. Like, what more can they really do? Now I get Palenka made a lot of moves, but if they win the championship, it resulted in pretty much the same thing. I agree, but I think a lot of people look at it like this. Okay, Rob Palenka didn't do enough to really win that first championship. Let's just say that was. LeBron and Magic and whoever you want to credit, whatever you want to credit. Say people make the excuses that it's a Mickey Mouse clubhouse ring. Yeah, I mean, it is a Mickey Mouse clubhouse ring. But ignoring that, I'm talking about the fact that Rob went out there and he realized, hey, we need to get this team better. And what did he do? He went and got the sixth man of the year. What else did he do? He went and got out probably the best point guard off the bench that you can find in Dennis Schroeder. What else did he do? He got Wes Matthews. Yeah, they, they lost a few guys. Signed Kyle Kuzma. It's a very fair deal. Now, a lot of people will say that Kyle Kuzma sucks, but I saw a stat today. Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Kuzma. One, two, and Kyle Kuzma's third in points scored for that draft class. So while people overrate Kyle Kuzma and hate him and whatever, he's still a really, really good player. He's still extremely, again, another guy that we talk about, under and very, very overrated and still really underrated. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it now. $13 million for Kuzma is a very, very, very fair deal. I understand he slipped up last year, but $13 million a year, that's – I mean, when Max's – Max contracts were hitting like $33 million first year, to get him $20 million under a Max, and I understand people are going to say, but he sucks. It's like, yes, but in the bubble, he showed that he could be a positive defender. Now, I know that shocks a lot of people because defense was so bad in the regular season in the years past, but in the bubble – defensively he looked improved and I think for him it's trying to find that that role that he can be effective in but for three years 13 million dollars per that's such a fair deal for the Lakers to get him on and I I know people want to crack jokes about the Lakers all these they gave Kuz like 13 mil a year that's a good deal that's a good deal though and to me people hating on that are just Typical Laker haters and Kyle yes. Kuzma haters. Like, they just want to make fun of Kuzma. And that's like, I, all right, I get it. I want to make but fun of gets, Lakers, too. He gets corny. Like, it, I understand if it wasn't a – if they gave him $23 million a year, sure. You can make jokes, right? But $13 million a year, I mean, I always look back to 2014 when Gerald Wallace was on that $10 million contract and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, what an overpay. And it's like, that was $10 million. It's been six years since then. Max's have went up so much. Like back then, maxes were were twenty million. Sure, ten million is an overpay because that's half of a con- half of a max. Bro, he's, he's getting so paid. Underpaid. He is getting paid near the same amount of Corey Joseph, and Corey Joseph is an absolutely terrible basketball player. Now he's a good defender, but a guy that just pounds the ball does absolutely nothing. And Corey Joseph is the one example. Guys like Dwayne Dedman. You're telling me Dwayne Dedman? You'd rather have Dwayne Dedman over Kyle Kuzma? And I get Question. it, the Kyle Kuzma hate is because he's on the freaking Lakers. If Kuzma was on a different team, he wouldn't get near the hate. And I bet you this, he would have got a lot more money. So to me, Rob is the guy that has been absolutely killing it. And this is, again, people that want to say, oh, well, Rob Palenka didn't do anything. Really? 
let's talk about the draft. Your guy, THT. Well, that's technically my guy. Talon Horton Tucker, another gem that he found in the draft. And you got to give them credit. The Lakers, Kuzma, a guy like Caruso, a guy they like Talon Horton Tucker. Very, very good second round drafting team. Like, there's no arguing that. Like, they've consistently found, like Caruso, they found undrafted, brought him in from Oklahoma City's G League team. Freaking, like, everybody that they've taken late and taken shots on, it's more or less stuck or helped them get trades out to help them bring other stuff in. Josh Hart was a great example, right? They brought him in second round. People were like, all right, cool. He's a four-year Villanova player. He, they just find the right guys at the right time, and it helps. Kuzma is a great example. 27th overall pick. Look at what he did. And I know that Celtics fans like to make jokes and say Kuzma was never better than Tatum, but you could make an argument their rookie years that Kuzma was better, right? But even if not, if ignoring that argument, the fact that that's an argument, one guy's a max player. One guy was taking third overall, the other was taking 27th. And it's an argument? Like, they are a very good drafting team. Like, I wish the Celtics were that good of a drafting team. I really do. Like, if the Celtics were that good of a drafting team, yeah, I would Yeah, yeah, all right, all right, we get it. You're already the top team in the East. All right, we can't draft. No, we are not. We're gonna be we drafted Mark. Okay, yeah, no. Well, my pick, my pick for executive of the year is also Rob Palenka. I know oh, that. Oh, I did not think you were going to go Rob here. God no, damn it, I, stop cheating. I didn't even give you my I, notes this time. I know, but we're two great minds think alike. So whenever you call me an idiot, then you're just calling yourself an idiot. But I just, like Amir, like every single point that Amir made, they draft well. They, they, he's built up this roster. Like last year, so many people were making jokes saying, well, look at, look at them now. They do not have a roster to, to win. They won. And you can say Mickey Mouse Clubhouse ring. You can throw out any argument you want. The Lakers won. Free agency this year. They brought in – everybody said their bench was weak. So they brought in the six-man of the year winner and the six-man of the year runner-up. You add that type of depth to your bench, I just – I don't know how people can make an argument that – he is not that good of an of a executive. It, it kind of blows my mind. He, he does everything really well, and people can say, well, Rich Paul's helping him. Like, make any argument you want. Make any joke you want. End of the day, I don't know. I think, he's, I think he should win the award. Well, I want to bring up one more point is a guy like Bob Myers. Bob Myers, do you remember after the Warriors won championships – their roster got worse and worse every year. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not giving him credit for getting Kevin Durant. That was, oh, oh, uh, oh, Jerry West. Yeah, yeah, that, that was him. And can we talk about also DeMarcus Cousins? How did he get DeMarcus? Oh, oh, yeah, that's pretty much every other team screwing up. That's not anything impressive to me. What's impressive is improving your entire roster. Do you remember when the Warriors made it to the finals with their last year with Kevin Durant? Their bench was worse than 99% of G League teams. And yeah, that just tells me Bob Myers can't draft. Jordan Bell, not a good player. Omari Spellman, trash. And these are all overhyped guys. I get it. Bob Myers is a really good GM. Look at what he's done this offseason. He's a guy that could be a runner-up. But to be a guy like Rob Palenka and win a championship and then not only just win it, but then to go back the next year and improve your roster to build yourself a potential dynasty, it doesn't come close to me. And the only person I could see that come close is Sean Marks. If the Nets finish in the top two this year, there's no way Sean Marks loses it. 
I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. All right, Amir. Uh, now we have ourselves the moment the people have all been waiting for. Are you ready, Amir? Can I get a drum roll? Okay, I'll give myself a drum roll. Yeah, I'm not the best drum player, but <laughs> my my MVP my MVP pick. Since Amir is technically having a wardrobe malfunction and he's now off the screen, I'm going to go ahead and give you my MVP pick. Who's ready for this? Are you ready? All right, here we go. Caleb's 2020-21 MVP pick is none other than Giannis. I know it. I know it. Giannis. Uh, be his third, his third year in a row, right? Now listen to this. You're going for the three-peat? I'm going for the three-peat. It's a regular season award. And he's consistently wow. Convinced. There we go. Shots at Giannis already it's, after he just gave him the MVP award. Great it's job. consistently a regular season award, right? And he is the only guy in the NBA that really doesn't take rest nights. He goes all out every single game. Now there could be voter fatigue. They need to get rid of voter fatigue. Like they need to eliminate that. I think that Giannis should get the three beat. I think he's going to have another monster year. I think. With them adding Drew Holiday, people are going to be looking at them like, oh, my gosh, this team's for real this time. And, you know, whether they're for real or not, whether you want to say that it's a regular season thing or they're going to fumble in the playoffs, MVP's a regular season award. I think he could go for the three-peat. And I'm going to say that Giannis is my pick. Amir, how, how about you? I see you have your handy-dandy notebook. You want to go ahead and read us with that handy-dandy notebook? Yeah, I brought my handy-dandy notebook for one reason and one reason only, and that's to give you guys my MVP. We talked about it a week ago, and I said, I don't think Luka can win MVP this year. And the reason I said that was because it would have to take Dallas to have a really big jump, right? And you mentioned that a lot of people have Dallas number two, right? Yeah, they're getting a lot of hype now. Well, that's not surprising to me, because guess who's the favorite? Luka Doncic. And guess what? I'm going to go with, oh, man, this is tough. This is really tough. I'm going to agree with Caleb. I'm going to go with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Again. And dude, we agreed on how many of them? One, two, three, four, five, six. We agreed on five out of the six so far. We are committed to this podcast grind and it just so happens that we're best friends and you know what we can really we can really vibe with each other in terms of a basketball standpoint we really know what we what, what we like as, as humans and you know what it helps us pick the right it helps us pick the right picks i don't know i'm very confident that this podcast is the number one podcast in terms of basketball and you guys should very much listen to it and subscribe and tell your friends about it you guys should well, uh, I want to real quick go over uh, MVP odds, right? We have Luka Doncic over here in Dallas. He's a plus 400, Dallas, great area. But uh, we talked about it. Luka, think he has a chance of winning MVP. He's trying to win it out there. Don't think his record is going to be good enough to win. Uh, next up, Giannis, number two. That's a guy we think is going to win. Milwaukee, Wisconsin area up in the east, the northeast. Uh, we talked about him. It's very cold. We talked about Wisconsin, very cold, winter, snow. Uh, he has a very good chance. You know, two-time MVP. He's looking to hold that position right there. Then we go to we go to down to Golden State, uh, down the Bay Area, out in California. You know, sunshines, women. You know, palm trees. We got Steph. Uh, chance of winning it this year. You know, come back here, big year. 
Draymond's coming back. Kelly Oubre's back. Clay's not back. All right. LeBron, talk about it. LeBron, Lakers, LA, Sunshine. You know, we talk about all the things that come to live and die in LA. It's the place to be. Shout out Tupac. We got that right there. LeBron James, he could win it, but what? Guess what? Mickey Mouse ring takes too many games off. Next up, Anthony Davis, same thing. He falls on the floor, gets hurt every five minutes. We can't have him out there. L.A. area. Anthony Came Davis. from the New Orleans area. Moved out to the L.A. area from the New Orleans area. And then we're going to go back south. We're going to James Harden, uh, you know, one of the most overrated players in the league. Guy dribbles the hell out of the ball. His teammates hate him. He, he's literally a cancer to his team. You know, the Houston area. You know, we, we talk about De'Aaron Fox's location. That's where he's from, his hometown. Uh, then we go De'Aaron out Fox to a guy that will not win an MVP. Then we go out to LA. We go back to Kawhi Leonard, another guy, LA Clippers. He's a cyborg. He's a fun guy, you know. Uh, he has braids. But again, load management. He's not going to win it. Kevin Durant went from the Bay Area, flood out to New Jersey. New Jersey left. They went out to Brooklyn. Brooklyn Nets. It's a guy right there. East Coast. Nets are the king of New York. Shout out Biggie. Not going to win it there. Torn Achilles. Kelly thinks he's a scrub, thinks he's washed. That's my wrap-up for you guys. Thanks for tuning in. See you later. Thanks for the MVP forecast. <laughs> Amir, what a great job. Um, yeah, well, with everything he just said, he pretty much wrapped up your MVP forecast for the 2020-21 season. Uh, yeah, and somehow, some way, after all that, me and him have came to the conclusion that we agree on the MVP will be Giannis, a three-peat. So... Well, do you want me to go over my forecast again? Because I can, I can. No, 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 no. We're, we're good. We're good. We're good. We got it. We got it. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. Well, I'll move on. And since you guys already got a good gist of, you know, how the MVP odds are going to work, let's go to last one. This is not an award show, but this might be the biggest award of them all. This is called the uh, NBA Championship Award. Before we even crown the champion, let's go to our finals prediction. Caleb, who did you have in your NBA Finals? Of 2021. Uh, yeah, boss. I have the Milwaukee Bucks and the <laughs> I actually have the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Lakers. I know that was everybody's pick last preseason, but I think that's who it could be this year. I, I definitely see the Lakers making out of the West. The East might be like a three-team race, maybe. I think it'll be Brooklyn and the Milwaukee, but I think a third team could find their way in there. But I don't know. If I had to bet, I'm going to say Bucks and Lakers. And I'm going to say that the NBA champion, the real one this time, will be the Los Angeles Lakers. That's my pick. Amir, give me your three. Give me, give me your finals matchup as well as your finals champion. Well, you had the Lakers and the Bucks, And I have as well the Lakers. But guess what? I do not have the Bucks. And the team that I have there is the Brooklyn Nets. Again, homerism. You guys think I'm a homer for the Nets now because of Caleb. He is the one that is putting out this propaganda. All right, don't listen to him. But I do think the Nets have a legitimate chance this year. I had a tough time with the East because to me, it's Lakers versus everybody else. But Milwaukee, again, I just don't see them getting to the finals. I don't know if Giannis is the closer yet. I don't know if he can finish off a series. I don't know if he can make it to the finals. I, I don't know if he's that guy yet. He hasn't proven it yet. And, and maybe this will be the year, but I don't, I can't give him that spot until I see it. Boston, your team, still too young to me, still not enough pieces. There's still one guy away. And that's just to me, the reason that they're not 
in the finals. Miami, I was really debating them, but I was like, is it really going to be Miami versus the Lakers again? And I was like, no, I don't think so. I don't think Miami's going to have as good of a year, and they might not have as good of a run in the playoffs. We'll see. That's a tough one. That's why I had to go with the Nets. And Katie, Kyrie, new coach with Steve Nash. You got two guys that have been to the finals that have experienced everything in the playoffs. So I'll go with those two. I'm going with Brooklyn. And then obviously I think it'll be a, what, a five game gentleman's sweep and the Lakers will take it. And congratulations, Lakers. You guys won another Mickey Mouse ring. No, they won a real championship this year. We'll give them the one this year. We'll say that the, the 2021 season, it'll be a real championship. So they have 17 real championships and one Mickey Mouse Clubhouse ring. So pretty good stuff, actually, Lakers fans. You guys are only Mickey Mouse Clubhouse champions in the world. Think about that. I'm, I'm proud of you guys. Congrats, LeBron. You are the only Mickey Mouse Clubhouse champion. Finals MVP, only one. Taylor, please stop. Let's move on. Buy or sell, our favorite segment of the week. First up, let's go to Steve Nash, head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. We're, we're all really excited. I mean, it's, uh, this is what we, we love is competing. And so now that it counts and we're playing for real, it's, uh, it's always like the first day of school. Everyone's excited and ready to go. And, um, you know, there's obviously some, some extra interest because it is all of – uh, these firsts, you know, it's Kevin and Kai's kind of first time together in Nets uniform. We've got a, um, you know, formidable, formidable roster making its first kind of appearance together and and then playing the Warriors, you know, kind of a, a dynasty of, of this past decade. So uh, it's an exciting first opening night and uh, exciting first on many fronts. And I'm, I'm definitely excited to see the work we've put in and how it translates early in this campaign. And uh and we'll go from there. But uh, there's nothing like you know, every night and seeing when our team responds to the, to the spotlight. There's head coach Steve Nash for you, Caleb, our coach of the year candidate, possibly. Ooh. Buy or sell, Steve Nash will get his first win against the Warriors tonight. Buy. I'm going to buy this. I think KD, Kyrie are going to have monster games. I think. I think they're going to go all out for, their, for, his, for his first win. I think they're really going to want to get him that first win, which you can't blame him for. It's a huge milestone. And I just want to see Steve Nash succeed so bad that I'm going to say bye. Plus, I think that their roster is probably better than the Warriors. It's more proven than the Warriors. So that's – yeah, I'm going, to say, I'm going to say purchase that. I'm going to purchase that item. I'm going to say that uh, Steve Nash will win his first game, yes. Okay. I will agree with you. I think Steve Nash as well will win his first game. And tonight's a big game. I mean, first game of the season, a lot of pressure on KD to really just get out there. Kyrie to really just, again, get out there, get minutes, play against a team that Kevin Durant used to be on. And, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a tough matchup. It'll be a tough first game for them. They're really going to have to get over that hump of, hey, we haven't played in how long? Especially Durant. He's missed almost two years now. So, KD coming back, I think he'll have a really good game. And I think Steve Nash will be 1-0. Dude, I would love to see Steven Nash 1-0, dude. South Africa, dude. Great soccer player, dude. What does that have to do with Africa? He's from South Africa. He's Canadian. 
Steve Nash is from South Africa. He's Canadian. Steve Nash is from look, South look Africa. This up right now. Look this up right now. I'm looking this up. I don't need to look this up. You go look this up. He's Canadian. The, the last Dude. good player was Andrew Wiggins. He is from South Africa. No, he's not. He went to Santa Clara, all right? No. He's from my hometown, the Bay Area. He was born in Johannesburg, South Africa in 1974. And? He's from South Africa. But dude. he's Canadian. Dude, he's from South Africa, dude. But he's Canadian. But I never said he wasn't. I said he's okay, from South Okay, you know what? Move on. I don't care. Next up, by ourselves, number two. Hey, Steph. Kareth Burke, NBC Sports Bay Area. Steve Kerr explained the thing that sparked Steph Curry tonight was Steph Curry, that you do this. And I was wondering, do you look at these preseason games? There is former unanimous MVP Steph Curry excited to play in his first game back tonight after a brutal year last year. Caleb, buy or sell? Steph will score more than KD tonight. You asked me this three weeks ago. I'm buying it. I'm taking it to the bank. But you ask me this right now, right here, right now. I'm going to say Kevin Rand is going to score the most out of anybody tomorrow night. And I know this shocks a lot of people. Now, listen. Dress, 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 dress. No, no, listen. He's going to want revenge on the Warriors, right? Warriors kind of fucked him over. The, For what? The GM, what? Because they needed him to come back to play in that finals. Messed him up. GM gave fake tears in the press conference after the game was fake crying saying, oh, we're so sorry. We didn't know Kevin would get hurt. Even though the doctors told him there's a high chance possibility he could get hurt again. He goes out there, plays, gets hurt. Remember how pissed off he was. A lot of people said there was a lot of hatred between him and Golden State's front office. Now it's his turn to get them back. And I truthfully feel like Kevin Rant's going to go give it his all. That might be his best game, first game back. I got to be honest. It might be his best game next year. Wow. I think, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb. 44 points. Wow, I'm shocked. Ladies and gentlemen, if you guys are longtime listeners, please, please go on our Twitter. Please go on our Instagram, at Dimers Podcast on both accounts. Tell me that you heard Caleb diss on KD all offseason. I was a KD stand. He was one saying, no, KD's not going to be saying, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Point is, the shocking part is, I'm going to absolutely disagree. I'm going to buy that Steph will score more than KD. Here's why. Steph, a guy that's been looking to come back, Steph looks good. And I talked about this with you last week. Hey, preseason, right? But Steve Kerr already makes Steph look like prime Steph Curry again. He's getting him off screens. He's getting him off of fades. He's really getting Steph in a perfect position. So to me, I think Steph will have a really big game. Kevin Durant, I believe is not going to go full hundred percent. I know you're saying that, but my thing is, is I believe he's going to wait till, Oh, when I play them next, then it's going to be a different story. But since I'm playing them in my first game, I don't want to get hurt. I believe that fear of, of the Achilles is still might be out there. It, the nerves are going to be out there. The jitters are going to be out there but that won't stop KD from dropping 30. However, even though I think they will win, I'm still going to say Steph's going to score more because, again, Steph doesn't really have much offensive help anyways. We don't know if Wiseman's playing. Draymond can't hit a, a rock into the ocean. And Kelly Oubre, again, a guy that's new. Kent Baseboard, new. They don't have Clay Thompson this year. I think we'll see a lot more of Steph. Steph's going to step up big time. Number three. I don't see anyone, you know, too much – pretty much focused on themselves. It's everybody trying to 
buy in and, and learn our team concepts and, you know, uh, just wanting to do their part uh, to win. Um, we want to we want to make an emphasis of everybody just being a winner in their role, uh, no matter what, uh, you know, T. Lou wants you to do or uh, me or Paul, um, you know, just everybody wants to win. I feel like uh, everybody uh, is paying attention and uh, practice being informative. Uh, it's been pretty good. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube. For live streaming sports and premium content, subscribe to ESPN+. There is Kawhi Leonard, Abe's favorite player, Caleb's least favorite player. They love to take a shot at every week. Caleb, by yourself, Kawhi will be better than LeBron in tonight's game. I need Abe to be real for one second. I'm going to sell this. Wow, he's calling you fake, Abe. No, I need him to be real when it comes to Kawhi Leonard. Because let's be honest here. Abe hasn't even been real to Detroit. He still thinks Trey Weaver is a good GM. I know, but Kawhi Leonard is not and will not be better than LeBron James. I'm sorry. LeBron has just proven. You don't need to say sorry for that. That's common. I do not think LeBron's ever going to hit a wall. I feel like he's going to retire still a top three player in the league. He's better than Kawhi. Always has been. Always will be. Not even an argument. Yeah. It's not even close. I'm selling LeBron is going to be better than Kawhi. I'm not going to get into this any further. Abe, I'm sorry if you heard that, but I had to be real for a minute. This one is tough because you kind of swayed my answer. You didn't even say anything. It was not tough. You know it was not tough. You know it was not tough. You're just saying that. to Well, not- because are you asking me, is Kawhi going to have a better year than LeBron? Then no, I would take that to the bank and say, I would bet all my money, I'd bet the house that LeBron would have a better year than Kawhi. But if we're talking about opening night, hey, Kawhi was getting absolutely dog this past offseason. And I don't know. I mean, maybe he'll have something to prove. Maybe he'll want to be angry. LeBron mentioned it himself. He said I, he was shocked to see the Clippers not there. He was waiting. He was sitting there with his Lakers teammates when they were up 17, up 3 Because Kawhi is not good enough to close out a playoff series by himself. That is simple as it is. The only reason the Raptors beat the Warriors is because the Warriors put out a G League bench and said, well, shit, we're all hurt. You have to try to beat this team. And Kawhi said, oh, 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 and he went out there and beat him real easy. It's so stupid. And his legacy gets this huge boost because of it. It's crazy to me. It's insane. I agree. I mean, I was one of those people. To me, I'm like, yeah, Kawhi is easily one of the – I thought wherever Kawhi is going to go, that's a championship team. And then when he went to the Clippers, I was like, ha, good luck to any team even trying. There's no way. But, again, overrating Kawhi. Why? Because I thought Kawhi – was someone that he wasn't and it clearly showed post san antonio i was like maybe Kawhi was right the spurs were the wrong ones hey i'm disagreeing i'll give pop way more credit than i'll give Kawhi, and i'll just leave it at that for the spurs number four listen I, we're watching a game first of all we're watching every game yeah i mean when they went up three one right. they're up 17 in the third you know, we preparing, yeah. you know, um, to, to possibly, you know, we feel like it's a collision course. That's That's been a narrative all, all year. year long. Yeah. On, all that's, year long. Even by the NBA, that's why they had y'all play against each other on opening night. Opening night. Yeah. Like, opening night, Christmas Day. Yeah. And then gave us one more game. Like we, the first we, you know, game, the first game, game the inside the bubble, like yeah. Clippers. Oh, they was, they, so, yeah. everybody's counting so, on that. So, everyone was, was, was already counting, counting their eggs and, and throwing them in a the basket. So, you know, game seven, you know, even what happened in game, you know, five and game six, like we were still preparing for 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 the Clippers. Like 
you know, no, no disrespect to, to Denver, who which we found out was a damn good team damn when we played them in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. We found I that out. Them I just talked about it right there in our last question, and I said, remember when LeBron just talked about the Clippers? There was the clip. Buy or sell, the Lakers will prove to be the kings of L.A. tonight. And this is where I'm going to shock people. I'm selling. Now, I still think the Lakers are the kings of L.A., but I feel like Clippers are going to be coming out really pissed. Calypso is back in the frame, by the way. Let's go, Calypso. The Clippers are going to be coming out really pissed, and I feel like some of the Lakers players are going to be having a little bit of like a championship hangover, right? They're going to be like, we just won a championship. Like, we're the team to beat. And I feel like the Clippers are going to play super pissed, and I think the Clippers are actually going to win. I know that might shock some people, but it's one game. Lakers are still the kings of L.A. It'll never, ever change. doesn't matter if the Clippers went on and won three straight championships. Guess who's still the king of L.A.? The Lakers, right? I, I have to I have to say that the Lakers are gonna be the, the Kings of LA, but the Clippers are gonna win the game. There's Calypso making her first appearance on the podcast. Caleb, can you get her to say something real quick? Calypso, speak. For those of you that are watching, she's right next to the microphone. Speak. She's she's a little she's a camera shy. All right, well, we get it. It's her first time on camera. We were the same. Hey, I was the same. But going back to the Lakers, can we just talk about it real quick? I'll, I'll give my answer real quick, and then I kind of want to discuss this. I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to buy. And this was actually the opposite of my answer probably, what, an hour ago? I was thinking, yeah, I think the Clippers are going to come pissed off. Like you mentioned, Kawhi is going to be pissed off. Paul George, pissed off. And, hey, that whole team is going to be pissed off, especially at guess who? Montrez Hill, because Montrez just pretty much – was a traitor. And to me, that kind of made me dislike Montrez a little bit. I'm going to be yeah, completely It made me honest. hate him a little bit too, because it's like, I don't know. Go, but I go, don't want to get into that. I don't want to really get into No, Montrez. I'll get into it. Going to your cross-city rival, that's like cardinal, cardinal rule number one in sports. You don't do that. That's fair. It's a fair argument, but we don't know what really happened behind the scenes. What I really want to get into is we talked about it with the Kings of L.A., you said that the Clippers have no shot at ever being the Kings of LA. Why is this narrative being pushed out? The Lakers are a top two, and I'm not two, shout out to Drake, franchise, right? Like, how many other franchises are better than the Lakers? Maybe Boston, maybe, but Boston hasn't won a championship in Yeah, it, de it depends on how much you, you – how much weight you put into previous, you know what I mean? Like all time stuff in the past 50 years, Lakers have been better, right? We know this. Everyone can admit this. This is common sense stuff, but it's like Lakers are always going to be the Kings of LA. I don't know. I, I honestly feel like now at this point, it, it's being said as a joke that they're going to be the Kings of LA because everybody knows that the Clippers will never, ever, ever be the Kings of LA. Even when it was Lob City and the freaking Lakers are putting Robert Sacre out there with Jeremy Lin. And Nick Young, guess who was still the king of L.A.? Lakers. Everybody knows it. It's kind of like the Knicks right now. They're the kings of New York. No matter what Brooklyn does, they will never, ever, ever be bigger than the Knicks in New York. I'm sorry. And it's, it sucks that you're that little brother in that city, but nothing you do will ever be enough. I love how you brought that up, too, and that's a good argument. The Knicks, a lot of people have 
a lot to say about that one, I would say. Because LA, the Clippers, Lakers, there's not even a comparison when it comes to championships, mm-hmm. dynasties, superstars, etc., etc., etc. But then New York, James Dolan hasn't put anything out there to believe they're the king of New York. Mm-hmm. However, if you go to New York, if you've ever been to New York, if you live in New York, you absolutely know who the king of New York is. It's Knicks. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from somebody that I don't live in New York, but I've been to New York multiple times. I've, I know people from New York. My good friend Abe, he's a New Yorkin now, and he'll tell you himself first. Matter of fact, let me get Abe on the call. One second, guys. Hello. Hey there, Abe. It's Amir from the Dimers podcast. Good to hear from you again. Just wanted to call you because Caleb and I were talking about uh, the Clippers and the Lakers, and we were talking about big cities and, you know, how the Lakers are the big brother of the Clippers and how they're the king of L.A. So I wanted to ask you, are the Knicks the king of New York? Is the big brother mindset the same thing out there? We, I would like to get your insight on that since you are a fellow New Yorker. First and foremost, there is no big brother in New York. Both teams have a horrible history. So... The Nets are still the New Jersey Nets, in my eyes. They weren't even the king of New Jersey. So what you're saying is the Nets are pretty much nothing, even though they have KD and Kyrie. Is that what you're saying? Well, now they're a little bit of something. But, I mean, come on, man. The, the Knicks and the Nets have a combined, like, four playoff series wins since 2001. Four is being generous, by the way. You don't have to diss the Knicks, all right? Come on, be nice. All right, you're from New York. I wanted to get your... So what are you dissing? All of New York? I like what the Knicks are building. Okay, okay. So as a fellow New Yorker, what do you have to say about the Knicks and the Nets? Who has a brighter future? And who who is the king of New York? Like, if you had to pick one, who is that team? The king of New York? Well, right now it's the Nets. Um... The Nets are better, obviously, by a lot. But in three years, who do I think is going to be better in the future? Like three years? I think that the Knicks. I wow. think the Knicks for sure. Well, there you have it. Thanks thanks again, Abe, for coming on our podcast once again. We appreciate having you. Even though you didn't pick up on time, and I kind of called you in the middle of your podcast. So sorry about that. I said, no problem. I'm only going to have to re-record it. Wow, so thanks to me and Caleb, Abe will now have to re-record his podcast. Well, that's what we get for having Abe on. You know, he's a special guest. Abe, you were once banned from our podcast because you didn't pick up, but now you're back. So uh, glad to have you back. Are you, are you happy to be here still? Honestly, this is my favorite podcast. So, yeah. All right, well, thank you. I'm going to leave it at that because there's nothing better you can say. Thanks for picking up the phone, Abe. So, yeah, the Knicks will always be the big brother in New York, just like the Lakers will always be the big brother in L.A. It's just how it is, and there's really nothing no other team can do about it, and it sucks. But, I mean, that pretty much wraps up our predictions, right? Or do we have another buy or sell? We got one last one. Let's go! This is not a buy or sell. This is a DIY. You know, it's do-it-yourself category. That's a little popular nowadays, so we decided to go with the DIY category. And my question to you, Caleb, is if you could create an award, whether that's whatever you want to make it, what would you make? 
I would make an award for best cheerleader. Okay. This is this is for those players at the end of the bench that will never see the court. Talking to you, Ennis Canner, last year on Boston. We'll never see the court. But this is a bullying give- award. Give an actual award, goddammit. Stop being mean to Ennis Cancer. Do you need me That's to go first? Uh, no, I want to go first. Okay, um, go ahead. Give an actual award, please, for the fans. Let me give one. I'm going to call this one the babysitter award. This award would be for your teammate that always has you covered with backups, right? We know, we know players travel with clothes and everything, but how many times do you think players say, crap, I forgot my toothbrush or something? And you know what? That one teammate's like, no, I got you. And you know who that would probably be for the Celtics last year? Ennis Canner. He didn't really bring anything else Stop to the Stop being mean to Ennis Canner. I'm giving you one last chance. Please, Caleb, be nice and be serious right okay. now. Walk in. Look this at one's, me. Look at me. All right, go. This one's for the biggest moron of the league award. This would go to Ennis Canner. Okay, we're done. We're done with, we're done with Caleb. I'm, I'm going to give mine, and then maybe he can decide to mature up and give an actual award. My award is the Rising Star Award, and this should be what Caleb believes is the actual most improved award. If it were up to me, I would take the most improved award. This is what I do, Caleb. Wrap it up in a ball, Kobe, and throw it into the trash. Because guess what? Ain't nobody cares about most improved. You just said it yourself. A 30-year-old won it. That's like, what? who cares? And, and then it, you have guys that are second-year guys that can win it. To me, that award is completely garbage. Make a rising star award where you have a young guy that is actually making a big jump that it's not a first to second year. You absolutely cannot do a first to second year unless we talked about it, unless it's like a second rounder that got no minutes and had a really good year next year. That's the type of guy it should go to. Like, for example, let's say a Bobo, right? Bobo played good last year. He didn't get many minutes. Let's say next year he plays really well. I wouldn't want him to get most improved because did he really improve? Yeah, he did improve, but he got more minutes and he just got, he just got older. But instead, give a, a rising stars award. That's for somebody that's one of the young pieces in the NBA. That's like a like for example, Luca should have won a rising stars award. That's that's a perfect award for a guy like Luca, a guy like Jason Tatum, maybe a guy like De'Aaron Fox, maybe a guy like Harry Giles, maybe a guy like Ennis Cantor. No, never, ever, ever, never. But I do agree. This award does seem a little bit fun. You know what? At the end of the year, we should do our own little award show. We should make up our own awards, and we should give them out. Oh, I will. You, you're going to wear a suit and tie? Yeah, duh. You better, because I, we are making it on, uh, I don't know, actually. I, I looked at my phone, but I don't know what I was looking at my phone for. We'll do it on the day of the award show. So when the award show comes out, we'll have our own award show that comes out in the morning, the better award show, and we'll do... NBA Awards, and then we'll have our own little fun with it. We'll have our own Dimers Podcast Award. All right, guys, that's enough. Thanks for tuning in to our 14th episode for opening night. Hope you guys watch the games tonight. It's going to be some fun games. Kevin, you excited to watch some NBA basketball? Woo-hoo. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I can't wait. I can't wait. What the hell is wrong with you? Can you please be we get into our off-topic talk of the day. Okay, hot chocolate. What do you put in your hot chocolate? Do you just go straight hot chocolate? Or do you do whipped cream, marshmallows, craft single cheese? What do you do? I haven't had hot chocolate since like the fifth grade. You literally had one every recording. I called it coffee because I like to sound a little bit older, but I still like hot chocolate more than anything. So.
I've never actually drinking coffee. I just call it, I just call hot chocolate coffee. You're the one kid that goes and gets Nesquik chocolate milk instead of getting actual milk. Actually, you do like chocolate milk. Yes, but I get actual chocolate milk. Not, none of that, none of that fugazi stuff. As you guys may know, we are Raider fans, and we just got word as we were recording that two Raiders made the Pro Bowl. Can you guess who the two Raiders were that made the Pro Bowl? Don't care, didn't ask, plus your wife. Well, I, you know what, buddy? I took offense to that, so I'll see you in court. But if you guessed Darren Waller, the crack addict, and Josh Jacobs, the homeless guy, you're correct. They are the two representatives for the Raiders in the Pro Bowl. We don't talk about the Raiders in this podcast. Especially we talk about the Raiders, Nelson, best wide receiver question. when we do non-sports talk, all right? This is a non-sports top topic. Right. We don't have anything to talk about. Really? Well, I have something to ask you. Okay, go ahead. Caleb Matthew Miller. Na- middle name's Austin. How is your middle name Austin? Can we get to Can that? They- because my parents wanted to call me Cam. They wanted to call me Cam. I said, why didn't you just name me Cameron? And they said, well, because we didn't think it sounded good. Yeah, I know. They, Super Cam. That's what they wanted to call me. But instead, nobody called me that. They called me Juice for Caleb. So, there's that. All right. I want to finish it off. Favorite television show of all time. What is yours? Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Next question. I have watched Law and Order Special Victims Unit probably four times through. Actually, I'm on. I'm watching it right now. I'm on season 11, episode six or something. I'm watching it through again. I've watched that show numerous times. Hands down, my favorite show. Favorite book. Favorite book. Probably we should all be feminists. I think that's you a never. Book. Oh, perfect topic. Thank you. There's a reason why I brought up favorite book. That's because when I talked to Epe, I was like, hey, Epe, can you our podcast, blah, blah, blah. We got him on our podcast. And I told him, hey, we're going to promote your book club. Epe agrees to come on. We get him on. He asked us if we read any books. Caleb decides to say, hey, I'm going to go get a book from my closet that I haven't opened up that still has dust on it. I'm going to go show it. And then I'm going to be like, hey, yeah, you should read this book, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then Epe calls him out. And Epe's like, what is it about? And then Caleb's like, uh, you know, it's just about like feminism. And then Epe's like, wow, pretty interesting. Come to realize, Caleb, what did you tell me after the podcast? Go ahead. As soon as we hung up, I immediately looked at Amir and I said, Amir, guess what? He said, what? I said, I never even read that damn book. He started busting out laughing. So don't act like it's just me that, that laughed at this. At least I admitted that I didn't read books. You're out here lying. No, I am reading a book right now, though. So you're don't. Lying don't to NBA star Epe Udo. NBA star, you're being very gracious. You're being very gracious with that, okay? We, we know Epe's good, but. Let's calm down, okay? Let's let's calm down on those claims. He's a very nice guy. But he put me on the spot. I got nervous, and I didn't know what to do. So I pulled up the random book that was beside me, and I said, here. And then, luckily, my sister is a feminist. So I said, this is a while ago I ordered this book. I said, well, here's the whole reason I ordered that book. Did I ever tell you the reason I ordered it? No. Because Jalen Brown tweeted it and said, I recommend you guys read this book. So I ordered it off eBay for $5, and I posted a picture of it 
with my hand opening the book with some hot chocolate next to me. And I said, getting my read on. And I tweeted it. Wow, right. so you and stay he, reading the book twice now? <laughs> and he retweeted it and said, he, he said something. I forget what he said. I think he gave me like a thumbs up emoji or something. I'm sorry, guys. Caleb is a complete fraud on our show. I didn't, I didn't Listen, know it was like this. but I also lied to my sister and said I read it because she's a feminist. So I needed to look good because my birthday was coming up. She gave me $250 a year. She was very proud of me. You pretty much scammed your sister for $250. I scammed, I scammed my sister for $250. I scammed Jalen Brown's excitement and joy for thinking he recommended him on a book. I scammed Epe Udo because he thought that I read a book. I scammed a lot of people with this book. And honestly, I recommend doing it. If you can do it, you never know when you're going to need that book. Kids at home, we don't recommend that. We don't recommend any of these things that he's listening. You know what? What is this? Everybody judge Caleb Day. You know what? I'm not going to talk anymore then. So yeah, I'm putting my mic on mute. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening. Great podcast. I had a good one. We'll catch you guys on our Christmas Day special when, guess what? them everyone reminder if kevin durant drops 20 points tonight please be in caleb's dms please at diamond podcast and tell him hey you gotta wear a dress hey you gotta wear a dress because guess what not the next podcast but the podcast afterwards so right so not the next one but the one after caleb's gonna be wearing a dress or i mean if durant doesn't score 20 i'll wear a dress but he's gonna wear a dress so next one we got our nice little christmas outfits ready we're going to come out with the Christmas Day special. Caleb? No, I have nothing to say. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Tell everyone that you love about it, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Catch you guys next time. You know what? I'm not calling Abe again on this show. He's not worthy of being a guest on this podcast. He just... Finish the rest of the episode. Go back to what we were talking about. I'm not talking about this. Go back to what we were talking about with the Knicks and New York and whatever. He's recording his pod. We'll have our own Dimers podcast award, and I'll just let you know, Abe is not winning any of those awards. Abe is no longer allowed on the podcast. We will not talk about Abe anymore. We're done. This is the last time he mentioned him on the podcast. Now, just like Luca, just sorry, just like number seventy-seven, we are officially call him that once today. (laughs) We're gonna call him the New Yorker if we talk about him again. All right. right, What am I? A circus? What are you, some sort of mute bug? Alright, I'm here. Bye.